Some businesses succeed, some don't. Then there are those that seem to have been around forever. The true entrepreneurial success story. How did they do it? What was their vision? What makes a success? In this special episode for Ion Annapolis, we speak with the true success stories, those business owners that have been around for decades, learn from their successes and failures. Now, here's host John Fernay. I can't think of a better place to be sitting than on a porch overlooking Back Creek with Debbie Goslin, who is the president and CEO, owner, and pretty much everything with Watermark Journey, which is Watermark Cruises, Annapolis Tours. Pretty much the, the center of tourism and locals here in Annapolis on the waterfront. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. This is, this is awesome. I mean, Watermark has been... Uh, you know, and, and I don't know whether it's always been called Watermark, but certainly the Harbor Queen has been around. That was like the icon when I moved here in 96 and the water taxis, of course. But we just wanted to sit down and, you know, find out how, how you've done it. Where did it all start? And I know, you know, what I know about Watermark is that it, it was your father's business. Correct. Um, and I think at one point you told me that there was not going to be any of the, oh, we'll just give it to Debbie. She had to earn it and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and everything else. So how, how did Watermark get its start? When, when was that? Well, the company started in 1972. My father was an attorney, but he loved boats. He just always loved boats. Okay, and, this is, this, I want to interrupt you. This okay. is very strange because Jeff Jacobs at Carroll's Creek, uh-huh. his father was an attorney and got into a business that was totally unattorneyish. And, and that's, so. yeah. Being an attorney, you're just solving problems all the time. Although I think any business, you are solving problems all the without, time. Without a just doubt. Just different kinds. Um, but a lo- lo- love of boats. Yeah, a love of boats, love of the water, and a love of an Annapolis and the Chesapeake, and I've lived here all my life and haven't found a good reason to leave yet. I started working for him when I had uh, babies and, you know, was looking for something. He needed somebody to help him, and I was looking for something to do while I was being a young mom. And eventually it turned into a full-time job, and then in 1999, I purchased the company from him. And so it's been a great transfer to the second generation. It's neat that you, you see that. And I know that uh, Jared Littman from KB True Value, he also purchased True Value from his father-in-law right. um, on that. And, and it's, it's great to see a, a transfer of generation because, I mean, you've, you've certainly growing up in it and you've, you know what has made it successful from the start. And uh, you've, I'm sure as the, as the young kid, you've got plenty of new ideas that, uh, that you could implement as well. Well, you're always looking for new ideas and trying to stay relevant. But at the end of the day, customer service and trying to provide a good product, good value at the right price uh, and making people happy is at the core of what we do. And human nature hasn't really changed over the years. And we constantly look for ways to make people smile and have them enjoy what we love, which is Annapolis and our history and the fun of living here. It's funny, Jeff Bezos had said that he didn't expect Amazon to be around forever in a recent, in a recent address to his employees. He said, at some point, if we, if we aren't able to keep the customer happy, we're done. And keep that in mind that it's, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, we're not sure when it is. But what did the watermark look like? What did watermark look like back in 1972? Well, in 72, it was one boat, and it wasn't Harbor Queen. There was another gentleman who owned Harbor Queen at the time. He had just had her built. He had a smaller one before that, and his, last, his name was Paul Kloss, and my father and Bert Jabin, you know, yep, uh, the starter n- nautical of, name right, in town. of Jabin's Yacht Yard, and another man from Maine, 
um, purchased a boat and got a lease with the city and started operating just cruises to St. Michael's and back every day. The next year, Mr. Kloss decided to retire, and so they doubled the fleet from one boat to two boats in in one season. And the rest is sort of history. Over the years, more boats have been added very slowly in the beginning. And then in the 80s, we added the water taxi. And in the 90s, we started adding what we now refer to as the charter boats, but a, um, a different level of finish and something that corporations and or brides would want to go out on the water on and enjoy. I know I love I love seeing when the Capitol runs their prom pictures. There's always somebody that uh, usually it's, it might be like Key or... Yes. Uh, Indian Creek, Indian or some, one, Creek. One, of, one of the one of the smaller private schools where it would typically not be a, a thousand person prom does it on one of the you know pretty much like the Catherine Marie or one of the other uh, yeah they do use Catherine Marie and they they've been doing it every year for years and they love it it's uh, it's a safe way to enjoy yourself and uh, you don't have to worry about people leaving <laughs> with without a doubt so so you've grown into the water taxi you operate the water taxis which right. ply the waters of Annapolis Harbor Spot Creek Back Creek um, yes. and the and the mooring fields correct um, that are that are out there. And I know that, uh, you know, you, you're sort of on demand. I mean, you can hail them by radio, you can call them by, by telephone. And Back Creek is operated a little bit less frequently than Spot Creek, because that's not quite where all the, the passengers There's are. There's not as much traffic in Back Creek. And, you know, we've got a six mile an hour limit for most of the cruising ground. So it takes a while to get to Back Creek. So it means that you've got a boat out of the harbor for some time, um, if somebody has to go to Back Creek. So we try to concentrate it and if, as long as we're called by quarter of the hour, we'll leave City Dock on the hour and be back in Back Creek around quarter after. So people have gotten to know that schedule, that routine, and it means that um, we're much more efficient about having boats moving and making right. sure we're getting people where they need to be without waiting too right. much. What, what challenges have you faced as you've added onto the fleet? Obviously, we, you've got to, with, with the new boats come new people <laughs> that work for you. Yes. And... Uh, you know, and I look at where you where you are in the community. I mean, you are always front and center. I mean, certainly you've got, I'll say, assets to protect down at City Dock because, I mean, you've got a business to run. So you're you're always a voice with improvements on City Dock. I know that you work with WRNR for the Rock and River Cruise. I know you're, you've done, you know, several of these that. different cruises, which is just, you know, is is great. I mean, you see people that are smiling. And just, I, one R&R River Cruise, it was the greatest thing in the world I ever saw. The boat left, and there was some woman just hauling ass down, <laughs> down City Dock. Got there. We've got a runner. We love you know, that. She stomped her feet, and she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, and, and the boat was already out of the harbor. One of your water taxis picked her up, met her off the seawall uh, in the Severn River. I mean, we we're totally in the Severn. We we're out of the harbor. Uh, the harbor queen stopped. The the water taxi pulled up, and she got on the boat, and she was able to have it there. And, and that really sort of speaks to the, the mindset that that you have. I mean, I've been on the dog cruises. I've been on the sightseeing cruises. And I do tell a lot of people here because, I mean, I'm not certainly not a lifer like you are. I've been here since 96. And I said, you know, it's always something unique that you learn if you be a tourist in your own town. Yes. Uh, there's always some little nugget that I can pick up from one of your captains or one of your crew, or maybe it's one of your guides in the walking uh, tours that you have that is like, wow, okay, I... You know, I've got one that I, I'll tell you after we stop recording because I can't say it on the, you know, but that I think I said, oh, okay, I think I know where that phrase came from. Yeah, we um, all learn every day and we all share information every day. And I think what 
brings our employees to Watermark. We're a seasonal business. We have 23 full-time year-round employees now, but we have about 200 seasonal employees among the guides and the captains and the crew and the ticket sellers and the bartenders. And they all love this area. And this gives them an opportunity to share their passion for Annapolis and for the water. And we're in Baltimore too, but it's the same thing on the waterfront in Baltimore. They love sharing the Chesapeake and the waterfront. They are, and everybody has a different a different viewpoint of it. Uh, you, I don't, I don't know. You said you, you grew up on the water. I mean, I don't know whether you grew up sailing. Um, so you know, you, you've got a little bit of a different viewpoint than maybe somebody that was growing up with power boats or that was always using somebody else's boat or never been on I've a done boat. all three of those. Uh, They're all good. It's, uh, <laughs> they say that owning a boat is like just a big hole in the water where you pour money into it. And obviously, <laughs> well, you could probably attest to that to a, to a degree. Yeah, we've got 12 boats and... I've lost track of how many engines we have between the generators and and the main engines on the boats. It's a lot of overhead. It's a lot to keep up. Uh, Anything that you spend on a boat, it seems to cost more than similar equipment on land. It starts with pumping the fuel in the (laughs) the tank, that's for sure. you mentioned the interest that we have in City Dock and protecting our investment. It really is an investment. You know, we are planning now for maintenance three to five years out. We want to make sure that our employees know that this is a place that has a future and will be here for them because we want the best people to be part of what we do. And you can only do that if they believe that you are not just here for today, but that you will continue to be here. Well, the investment is not just you either. I mean, you you are no. invested in this town. Um, I mean, you are one of the largest tourism drivers in the area. And certainly you look at the revenues and that folds into hotel nights and that folds into hotel taxes. That folds into eating at the local restaurants and drinking at the local bars at night as well. All on a, maybe it's a 45-minute cruise up the Severn River on the Harbor Queen. Maybe it's a day over to St. Michael's. Yeah, we service a couple hundred thousand people every year, and they don't just go on our boats. They are eating, they are shopping, they are going to the nonprofits, they're going to Historic Annapolis, the Pega House, Hammond Harwood House, the State House, and they're spending money when they come here. We do a lot of field trips, as you probably know, especially in May with the walking tours. Right, right. The streets so, get where the town floods with the yellow buses. <laughs> the yellow buses and school kids and our colonial guides. It's really been fun to watch over the years people who came here in fourth grade studying Maryland history with their elementary school come back later as a teacher with their class. Um, and we've seen several generations of that. And also they'll bring their parents back. And then the parents will bring more people. I mean, Annapolis is a beautiful little town, and we're blessed to have this attraction. And it kind of sells itself as long as you get people to come here the first time. So, And we don't use the word tourism or tourist. We call them visitors because everybody's a visitor, whether they're visiting from Savannah Park, and they consider themselves local, or whether they're visiting from India. Um, I think that the term tourist has a negative perspective sometimes or connotation. And But we're all visitors, right? Nobody wants to think of themselves as, as a tourist, but we all visit places. And we want people to enjoy it in the same way that we do. And the field trips, I mean, obviously you've got them on your boats and you've got them on your walking tours as well. But you also work with some of the other organizations. You said you work with Historic Annapolis. Um, I know that you've taken some people out for the Annapolis Maritime Museum as well. Yes, that's right. We are, we're a big partner with the Annapolis Maritime Museum. We appreciate their mission. Their environmental education and STEM programming is wonderful. 
Um, they are right down the street from our home base for our boats now at the uh, Nature Park. The Illinois Moyer Nature Park? Yes. That's a, that's a great Road. new addition to that. It's a wonderful facility for them. We actually started out in the 80s with a program that we called Treasure Our Water. And it was a two-hour field trip program where we talked to students about the forest buffer, you know, just waterside watershed ecology and you have the wastewater treatment plant right across the street which is and then you've got a water tower right there in the nature park so you've got this whole water cycle natural and man-made illustrated right there and then we would take them out on the water and show them things like the osprey and a bulkhead versus um, a rock jetty and a natural shoreline and we can't as a private company, we couldn't compete with Chesapeake Bay Foundation or some of these nonprofits. So I was very pleased. Once the Annapolis Maritime Museum got going, I said, okay, now you guys can take over this program and other ones, and we will support, support you. Support it. Yep. So we provide our vessels for them to take out school kids, and we do oyster drops. We do critter cruises. We do all kinds of things for them. But it's how we help um, with environmental education I know you also stewardship. With the, um, the Oyster Recovery Partnership yes. last year when they were uh, – Putting the spats in the in the in the water. On, and, yeah, and we'll do that again this year. Uh, you know, to to come out and to to help you know bring a vessel out to be able to watch that planting a reef, which is sort of a bizarre kind of a concept when you think about it. But it's neat. When you understand what oysters do, it's it's so important. And all of us who live here and love it here want the water to be clean. So without without a doubt. And I know I love. I, I spoke with Alice over at the Maritime Museum, uh-huh. and I know that some of the things that they they said they absolutely love when you get a kid on a field trip or in one of their camps or one of their programs that has never been to the Chesapeake Bay. And very sadly, there are a number of them in Annapolis Yes, that have yet to see the water that we've got. They've never been on a boat. Yeah, Um, they've never experienced it. To see that and to, she said, to get the letters from teachers in Frederick or someplace that may have come down for a field trip to say, oh my gosh, this was the best thing in the world for these kids that have never... It's rewarding for all of us and I know for the staff at the Maritime Museum, but it's also a way that we can let them know they are in the watershed and even though they can't see any of the tributaries, there are still things they can do to help make sure it's stays viable. I know I've seen those signs. My daughter is down in North Carolina, Western North Carolina, and I sometimes come across and I see the signs like in very, very Southern Virginia. And I'm like, yes, almost home. And I'm like, oh no, that's five more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like, so the, the Chesapeake Bay watershed, I mean, it does go from New York. Yes. Um, like Cooperstownish is kind of where it, I think it begins. It's way up there. And, yeah, it is uh, in upstate you know, cer- New York. Certainly. And you've got Pennsylvania. And I, okay, I'm going to bring in Pennsylvania and thank you guys again for cleaning up all of Pennsylvania's trash when it came <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay, you don't have to diss Pennsylvania. I'll diss Pennsylvania. But over this past winter, they many had, of our guests come from there. Um, but they had the they had to open up the dams uh, because of the the rains and and the snow and a lot of stuff Record came rains. out of. Pennsylvania, flowed down the Chesapeake Bay, and we basically had Ego Alley in Annapolis, which was pretty much walkable across with all the, the junk that was in it. It was amazing. I've never seen it like that before. And you, on your slow time, when everybody is, you know, kicked up with their feet on the desk doing nothing, uh, joke, 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 brought your people down. You rented uh, little bobcats. You rented little, you know. The city brought in the equipment. The equipment. We just provided humans. The, yeah. The labor to scoop this junk out of the harbor because, you know, we do have, we are a visitor town. Yes. It know, looked awful. All, all year round. And to see that was just brutal. Yeah. And I actually was going by there and saw a couple of the um, harbor master staff trying to pull that stuff out. And it was such a, 
huge task, and I just thought, I can't let them do that by themselves. And so I made the call and said, who can we round up to go down? It probably won't be for more than a couple of hours if we have lots of hands down there. And to, to pat yourself on the back, or for me to pat you on the back one more, and I've, I've noticed some of your boats with armed police officers at times, too. And when the oh, police yes. departments, and we have so many police departments in the area between That's the county. That's not because of a safety issue. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, they're, you're providing training, yes. the ability. Um, okay, we are a, like it or not, we may be a target for something with the Naval Academy, the seat of county government, the seat of state government, and everything else. And we've got all these different law enforcement agencies in the area that do need to train. Could there be a threat or could there be a need to train on the water? Absolutely. But who steps up, you guys? Well, we're happy to do it. Um, and it's a win-win. It helps them. It helps us. We want them to know who we are. And you never know what kind of emergency there might be. We want them to know they can count on us um, if we need to be out there helping them. And also, if we need help from them, we want them to know who we are and, and know how our boats work and how they can access them. So we're really happy to do it. And the captains and the crew love it. It's very exciting for them. You know, see a grappling hook come up over the back of Harbor Queen and somebody scaling it up. It, it's, uh, it's exciting. Pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty neat. But thank you for knowing that. You had mentioned the Peka House and the Hammond Harvard House and, and where, they, where they go to visit. And you guys have a unique relationship with Historic Annapolis. I know that I've been on your haunted ghost tour. Oh, thank you. Um, at uh, around Halloween time, mm-hmm. typically. And the unique part about that walking tour is that you do, with the partnership that you have with Historic Annapolis, you do have access into the Peka House and the Bryce House when it's not under construction and, right. and, and whatnot to do that. And those stories are, are fantastic and they're great. I know that former Mayor Dick Hillman was our guide one night. Yes, and, he's a very good guide. Uh, he's just absolutely wonderful. I had a weird thing happen. I was in the Peka House and taking pictures inside and they would not transmit no matter what I did. Really? And I said, oh, it's the brick walls. I went outside. I tried to p- transmit the pictures taken inside. Wouldn't go out on my phone. Nothing, no how, no oh, way. Can we use that story? Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. write it up to you. And tell you. It was weird when I came back home. I put them on my computer and tried to upload. And I kept getting file error, file error. Wow. And only when I renamed the file to something else other than whatever the camera named it, would it go. That's Just very. I mean, I didn't feel anything touch me or blow on me or. You know. We get we get people um, who've also done the ghost tour send us pictures of orbs that they have seen, and I don't see it in the picture, but they see it in the picture, and it's fascinating to me how close to the spirit world those connections are. It's it's very strange, but and but you you guys you know your your history again. We we talked about the haunted history there mm-hmm. a little bit, which is kind of neat because we do have some uh, not quite as macabre as New Orleans would be, but we do have some interesting history yeah. uh, that they're great stories, and they all are based in you know quote unquote fact. What you just told me is a ghost story of a type, and so we're not making it up. It's something that you actually experienced, and we'll translate that into part of a tale on the ghost story, but all of them are documented, things that people experienced themselves and, and wrote down. The history on land, you, you do the walking tours, you do the, the, the colonial garbs, which I don't envy any one of your employees <laughs> that needs to wear that stuff. They in the love store. it. I, we don't make them do it. They want to do it. And a number of them have like four or five different, I, I hate to use the word costume because it's sort of like tourism. They don't use it. It's their period dress. The, yeah. I mean, I imagine that has to be just awfully hot when it's 95 degrees out in, in, in the summer. Maybe maybe it's, a weight, maybe it's a new weight loss fad or something like that that may work. But, you know, the different walking tours. Now, the walking tours were added a little bit later. They were added under your well, watch. Well, they were started in the 1970s by a woman named Paula Fishback. 
and she used to work for Historic Annapolis with St. Clair Wright many years ago, and she saw an opportunity and started the walking tour company. It was called Three Centuries Tours at the time. Paula put her guests on our boats, and we put our guests on her walking tours, and I was her exit strategy. So in 2004, when she retired, she came to me and said, would you take this over? Would you purchase the company? And um, Was that a no-brainer for you? It was a no-brainer, yeah. It, it, our marketing is to the same people, and it's been additive for us and for our guests, really for our guests. We now have a number of different cruises where we will put interpreters on the cruises, like our Bay Lighthouse cruise. We have some of the guides who love being out on the water will get dressed up as a wiki or a lighthouse keeper. And they'll come and they'll, they'll interpret the lighthouses live. Wow. So that's really fun. Well, we have pirate cruises. And so some of the guides get dressed up in pirate costume and will entertain. It's a very different thing from the other pirate product that we have in town. Well, immersive experiences are really the thing now. I mean, you look at the tra- today's visitor, not tourist, today's visitor is, is, a, is a younger person. Uh, maybe that might be mentally, not necessarily physically, but I mean, I know my father in well into his 80s was out there. He was active. He was golfing. He was traveling and he, he wanted to immerse himself into it. They want to get in. They don't uh, people don't want to just come down and have things pointed to them, perhaps like they did 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, they want to get in there. They want to see the Thomas Point Lighthouse up close. They want to see mm-hmm. the one up off of Sandy Point. They want to let's let's hear what's happening with the Severn River. Let's hear the tale. Right. Uh, what's that old bent piece? of metal up there on the corner of the Naval Academy all about right, right. as you uh, as, as you go there, as you walk around. One of the, you added it probably three years ago, the Arch, Architrex. Architrex, tour. yes. And that's and, in partnership with Historic Annapolis also. And that, I, I did that and it's one of your longer t- walking tours. Uh, not for the, the the faint of heart. The faint of heart <laughs> as far as being able to walk. So it's not very good for somebody that may be mobility impaired. Mm-hmm. But what a fascinating tour that is. Oh, good. Um, I, I mean, just to sit there and you, and I walk by these buildings day in and day out every single day. And I don't notice this little piece that, and the neat thing about this, this isn't just your tour guides telling the stories and that they read out of a book or something like this. You have an actual architect. Yes, for that we do. That, we have two uh, that, that interpret it. And it helps you appreciate what you do walk by every day. There's so much history and depth and meaning within all of those little corners and details. And, and, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've done, I've been with somebody walking by. I say, oh, you see that house there? That's got the, you know, that was originally on. It's like, yeah, Flemish Bond. And- yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just fascinating. And, and you would know this, and somebody asked me the other day, but Annapolis has more 18th century, is it 18th century build, intact buildings anywhere else in the country? Is that the? That's, yes. And it's in a very small area, all of which you can get to by walking. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very close together. You mentioned the length of the Architrex tour. Our standard um, four centuries walking tour is two and a quarter hours. We do 90 minutes in the historic district and then 45 in the um, Naval Academy. But within that 90 minutes in the historic district, you can see Hammond Harwood, um, the Peka House, the Bryce House. and You've got the Capitol. You've well, you've got, got the Capitol, uh, surely, and McDowell Hall. Mm-hmm which was originally built by a governor of the colony of Maryland in the 1700s. So it's all right there and very compact. Well, it is. It's, it's a living history, and it's continuing to evolve as, as we move on. What Do you have a, do you have a preference personally on um, your land-based or, or water-based? Or? For what? Yeah, what do you, cruises what, we have. What, what do you? What do you? What do you like the best? Well, I have to love Harbor Queen. Is our? She's just 
our mothership. You know, she's what makes everything else happen, and we all depend upon her. And so many people have memories of different experiences on that vessel. We had her 40th anniversary seven years ago. She was built in 1972, and it, we invited employees back. We've had a number of, of weddings from people that met crewing sure. on her, and it was a really heartwarming, wonderful celebration. And just all these people who shared their memories of Harbor Queen. Right. It, yeah, so she's touched by far more people than anybody else. With that, without a doubt. What happens to Watermark in the winter? I mean, you said you were a seasonal business, obviously. That makes sense. And I know most of your boats, if not all of them, are pulled out of the water or the small boats are all pulled out of the water. They, the, what we call the big boats, which are the 65-footers um, and larger, get hauled out every three years and have their Coast Guard hull inspection and their bottoms done and whatever else we need done. But I always say it's our slow time. The, the full-time year-round staff hasn't figured out that th- there is no slow well, time. Well, no, you're certainly planning for the time do when it does, gets, just, gets a little bit yeah. busier. But your walking tours do continue in the winter. They do. We slow down. We offer them once a week in January and February and early March rather than seven days a week. Cruises, we don't do anything in January and February at all unless it is almost 60 degrees and not raining on a weekend. Because in the wintertime, if you get that combination of weather, people come downtown. And sure. we want to be there for them. So we'll pop little Miss Ann, the little tugboat. Right. We'll send her over on Winterizer, which takes about 15 minutes, and send her over to City Dock and do Spa and Creek court tours. Get a little bit of get a little winter view. I mean, I, and again, some of the special specialty stuff that you do. I mean, you do the Blue Angels, yes, Angels Cruise, which is there's no better way to see the Blue Angels than out on the water. It's remarkable. You've got the lights of parade of lights. Yes. Did I mess that up? Are they going to yell at me? Parade of lights, light the parade. Light no, the light parade. parade. These light, were yacht club lights boats. parade. Isn't it the parade of lighted boats? I don't know. You can't say you can't say light lights parade because that's some trademark somewhere. But okay. all right, Eastport Yacht Club. Forgive me, I forget what it is. We but, all know what we're talking you know, about. But, Second you know, Saturday you know, of December. You know, to, to be able able to be out there for that, you certainly look at the Fourth of July, the fireworks. Yes. Uh, you do a New Year's Eve. The city does a fireworks on New Year's Eve and a New Year's Eve celebration. So you do the champagne stuff and everything else and it's it's just really neat as well as the uh, I'll say the private but semi-public private charters I mean WRNR I mentioned does the Rock and River Cruise probably three or four times a year mm-hmm. um, I know this year you've expanded a little bit to add some more music based cruises as well yes um, you had some sort of crazy ADHD Cinco de Dublin five <laughs> oh, first day of Cinco, May <laughs> Cinco de Mayo which had an Irish band and it was on the fourth of the Star Wars uh, yes and then <laughs> we had one of our employees' husbands loves to get dressed up as Darth Vader, so he came down there, too. So we, uh, we so, celebrated everything. You know, hey. And we had a good time. Something for, well, that's, that's really all that matters when you, get, when you get out on the water there. Okay, you mentioned you're in Baltimore, too. What boats do you have up in the Baltimore? I know you've got the Raven. We have Raven in Baltimore, which was built specifically for Baltimore. Um, they were involved in the design of her. They wanted an iconic heritage vessel that was connected to the Baltimore um, history. And then we have Annapolitan, too which uh, we haven't changed the name. But during the recession, 2008, 2009, there was an opportunity for space up there, and we had too many boats. You know, they're just... The the private events weren't happening. And we tested out the market up there. Annapolitan does in Baltimore what Harbor Queen does here. So she does 45-minute Harbor Harbor Cruises. Cruises every hour on the hour. And then once we got further 
and farther enough along in the recession that we thought, okay, we're going to make it. There's an end here. We signed the contract uh, to have Raven built and brought her down. And she got here in 2012, just in time for the bicentennial celebration of the War of 1812, right. which was really fun. Really right. That's fun. when Governor O'Malley made those really ugly license plates. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> we had a ball in Baltimore. Right. We really did. Well, I know the air show that year was pretty spectacular yes. as, as well out of Martin. And now they have it every other year. Yeah. It, it's, it keeps moving months. Um, la- last year it was in October, which was great for us because the boat show kicks us out of city dock. So we just marched everything up to Baltimore for the air show up there. This year it's going to be, or next year I should say, 2020, it's going to be in September. So It'll be, we don't have as much available in September, but so, we still will enjoy it. And, and the Raven is, is that your newest boat? She is. Yeah, she is our newest boat. What's on the horizon, well, the future for Watermark? I, I told and, you I'd have to kill you, but yeah. we've got some ideas in mind and we're always looking for new partnerships. Um, our goal is to continue to provide an exceptional exceptional experience and uh, delight our guests and share the history and culture and fun of this area more than anyone else. So we're always looking for new ways to do that and to stay relevant to the new customer. Things are changing so quickly now that, you know, it's it's just been an interesting process. Here's a question for you a little bit off the wall, but the boating industry tends to be predominantly male-oriented. Challenges for you personally being a female in that in that world? No, I have some wonderful men who work here and they do a fabulous job. No, I've never seen that as an impediment or a challenge. It's fantastic. That's I good. Mean, in Annapolis, the, the two passenger vessel companies are both owned by women. You've got Jan Kay, who has Schooner Woodwind, and myself. And we have a third one now with the pirate boat, but uh, it's he and his wife. And yeah, it's it's very welcoming. Well, that's great. Well, I, you know, I, so I'm going to do my math on my fingers here. So from 72, but I mean, you've got, so you've got 40, almost 50 years. Almost 50 years. And it'll be my 20th anniversary owning the company on Labor Day this year. Well, congratulations. Okay. Happy you. 20th birthday. Thank One you. more year and you can, you can drink on your boats. There I guess. you go. There <laughs> so, you go. Well, Debbie Goslin, thank you very much for your time today. Congratulations on the continuing success of a, of a business that you uh, took over from your father and, and continued to grow and grow and grow the heck with you if you won't tell me what's on your future plans going down the, but we wait we wait we'll to be see. here though we'll be here uh, oh I, I i don't ever see a time when uh when watermark is not leaving their mark uh on the annapolis waterfront or the um or the streets thank you thanks very much thanks john thanks for listening to this special podcast for i am annapolis Please be sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ionanapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Ion Annapolis.